we study a lot of politics and we are interested in many, 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 many things. But you told me a little bit of nugget about your history that I found really, really, really interesting. Can you elaborate? Can you tell me the story a little bit more? <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, basically, my dad was born in Israel. Uh, and so I have family there also. Uh, and d doesn't have to do anything in that. But I'm Jewish. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like the whole mixture of it, you know, <laughs> in one pot. Every single possibility that you could have gotten <laughs> there, you, you had. Um, and um, so, yeah, I often get asked about, you know, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And it's uh, always a very interesting, you know, conversation to have with people that are open-minded. It's yeah. very hard for me. Uh, to talk with people that have a very clear idea and are not willing to accept other opinion because of, you know, certain arguments or, you know, that yeah. sometimes are different from every perspective. Yeah, I, I have I had an, an awful experience today, actually. Uh, I, I, I study at a public mm -hmm. university. Public universities can be politically very varied. Okay. But the the public universities in Spain tend to be very left wing, um, and you know I did a, an an exposition today about gender and uh, sexuality in the 21st century, and how we have a couple problems to fix. That you know it's a sociology class. It's pretty interesting. It's about how um, it's it's related to population collapse. The point is that the basis of the explanation is that at least for me personally, I believe that uh, gender isn't just a social thing. So I believe that there's a biological mm -hmm. basis to why you're a man and she's okay. a woman. Okay, yeah. okay. And there's people in my class who don't think like I do. And I, I, I'm always expecting that because, you know, I'm from a different country. I expect there to be some backlash on many, many things. And including gender. Like, I know that there's people, I know exactly who the people in my class are that believe that gender is completely fluid and that is a totally a social thing. And I see them and I have conversations with them. And I've never had a problem with them. But what I do, what does kill me, what does affect me very much is the, the loss of common courtesy of having that person be educated enough to ask you an educated question and like have a conversation mm -hmm. about why they think that their side is correct and why I think that my side is correct. And then I was doing this exposition today in class and there weren't many people in class because it's the end of the semester, everybody wants to leave. And there was a couple people listening to me very intently and they were literally laughing their asses off and taking pictures in the corner. And I've in never- In class? In class, in the wow, middle of the class. Okay. And I was, I, I, got, I didn't get mad at the moment. Like I didn't get mad with them. I didn't do anything, but it pissed me off internally so much because they're the type of people who are always like, you should be more inclusive and you should accept people. But whenever you're not on their side, they're, they, they come out guns blazing like you. And then when it's their turn to be accepting and nurturing, they laugh in your face. And I, I hate that. So I understand what you mean. Like having a good conversation about a controversial topic has to have a certain standard of like, education and, and you know courtesy it also has to do with what you were saying before it's like when people have the ability to properly communicate and they also have some sort of notions of what are the best dynamics for communication to flow like the outcome is so much more productive than when you're just like stuck in your position and also you don't know how to properly articulate your thoughts because that's another problem maybe they're when someone's trying to say something and they say something completely different it comes off super wrong it's happened to me you know like the ability of being able to properly put words into things and write it or like say it is also so relevant into that. Of course, but I mean, you can, you know, if you know you're with someone that has like a different 
your way of talking, you can mm. also, you know, adapt and try to fit, mm. you know, everybody's way. It's like, I always use the ex like the example of like if you're in front of someone that's racist, you know, often it's because of uh, miseducation. You know, it's because they're missing some information in order to have like you know proper critical thinking, and like you know you're gonna have that two people, you know, like like that person that's gonna be like upset and mad and not understand why those people think like that and then you know why they're racist and everything and then you can you can also like be more understandable and you know try to understand understand why they think like that yeah and make them you know mm -hmm. understand why they shouldn't like you know they shouldn't take all the information into one basket mm -hmm. and be able to you know open their mind you know so like don't you know no violence peace you know it's like talk about <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i had a conversation in my class about the gender gap the pay, the, okay. gender uh -huh. wage, the gender wage gap and i've started i've studied it pretty well and uh so what's been put out in the news or what was put out in the news 2017 2018 when the wage gap was like like full-on and most of the news said that a man would be paid more than a woman for the same job and that's it that was the black and white uniform Mm -hmm. picture that they were putting up for us to debate about and then i started watching videos and then i found a really good explanation i was like oh my god this makes so much more sense and it makes me feel mu so much more secure mm -hmm. and uh, clear about what i know is wrong with the world and it was like okay if you break down the reasons why the wage gap exists it's like a multivariate problem with like 58 things contributing to it mm -hmm. and one of them and it's like five percent of the problem is sexism Like, okay, guys, you're right. There's sexism in society. It's five percent <laughs> of the wage gap. What do you There, do with the rest? What What about the fucking rest of it? See. And it's like, is it a problem? Is it not a problem? And and, and how do you address it? And it's like, forty percent of the problem is that men do some of the most dangerous jobs. We were speaking about that today that. in class. We yeah. Talk, yeah, we discussed that. Uh -huh. the and our professor was like, if they wanted to come back, they'd be like, I'm getting killed or you're not. So stop your bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of them is like the army. Like the, the, one of the, the, the countries with the most the active army is Finland because mm -hmm. they 13.4 kilometer border with Russia. It makes sense. They have a pretty big army, uh, active army. So uh, five out of every four men in Finland are army certified three uh, two out of every three women are certified and what we're saying also for example you're speaking about the fire fighters here in spain that to pass like to become that you need to pass sort of like a very hardcore physical test yeah and it's um it's very low or almost non-existent the amount of women that you have in the firefighters um workforce and now they sort of made the test a bit less complicated in order to allow women to go in and then people in are saying aha uh -huh, you're gonna die you're, you're messing with people's lives there Yeah. And to what extent is that as relevant for you to, you know, sacrifice others in order to make things equal? Yeah. There's the other, uh, which is like uh, the companies that are hiring 50-50 uh, men, 50-50 oh, like, no, men and women. And it's like, well, if you have an engineering company and every single engineering company in the world hired 50-50 men and 50-50 women, then you're compromising uh, productivity because it's impossible to have... Uh, I don't know, uh, in a work, in a body of, th I don't know, 300 mm -hmm. uh, uh, engineers have the 
50 most qualified and the, the 300 most qualified engineers they won't be 50 50 men See. and women because there's less women engineer and See. so the, the the bell curve is statistically impossible for See. there to be equally qualified but you could say exactly the same thing for doctors you'll have more women doctors than men doctors who are qualified for the job yeah. <laughs> it's i don't know it's really fun the whole wage gap thing is fun but um, the worst feeling that i've had lately is feeling ashamed to say my own views because i know that there's people that are going to disagree with me that's been the worst part okay Pero bueno. well now that we're speaking about relationships and uncomfortable with two we were speaking Ooh, before about yeah. like friendships you know and like how it plays and the other day we were having a discussion on the table big discussion <laughs> <laughs> okay it was like can a boy and a girl actually be friends without any sort of like how do you describe it come on like intimacy no no like yeah just Kind of without being attracted yeah male and female like be friends together without having any like other thoughts behind it you know it's like and, and i told him i think for for a guy to be friends with a girl he needs to find them attractive people i think that's a prerequisite for a guy to be friends with a girl the guy has to find her attractive so, they don't need he doesn't he wouldn't be friends with an ugly girl that's I, my d- point. i disagree <laughs> i disagree totally <laughs> i disagree <laughs> Yeah. there's another interest in then but you want the homework from her you see what I mean what so if you don't find her pretty then you need something else from her no I why do you need stuff from your friends <laughs> yeah exactly I just think like so maybe there's a very biased perspective on, but I think more boy girl like friendships they do so they're not necessarily uninterested okay Let, let's see <laughs> things are in black and white let's let's see this dichotomies make us poor so let's not dichotomize the problem it's not that you can't have ugly friends and you can't have pretty friends and it's not that friendships don't give you anything or that friendships are clearly interest based okay <laughs> what i'm saying is there is something that defines why you have a relationship with people and why you have friendship with people some of it is situational some of it is we grew up in the same place and, and fuck that and that and we're friends <laughs> that's one <Voila. laughs> connection is another Like connection isn't easy for human beings. We aren't the type of people. At least you, you, you've seen this before. Like you've come to Spain and spent a bit of a while before you were like, oh yeah, I found people who I can actually connect with. That same thing happens. Like you don't date the first guy that comes up. You have to wait until you find a guy that actually you know makes a good connection, right? So <laughs> connection is valuable for me. A friendship is the purest level of connection. It's having a relationship in which uh, you can. Uh, your souls can touch that's super it, it sounds super stupid but i mean it like when you can have a conversation with someone that you can touch the essence of that person that's what a friendship is for me like okay. having that level of connection with someone what do you think well i mean <laughs> <laughs> no it's like no judgment personally i believe men a woman can have perfect friendly relationship like i, I agree. have a lot of girlfriends he has a lot of girlfriends uh, exactly and, and it's you know it's like there's no behind thoughts and everything i have my beautiful girlfriend i'm very happy and in love you know it's like i don't need more yeah. you know but i do agree in general and even i talk about that with them and like in general i think like guys have usually like you know they're good at fucking it up you know and very uh, a friend told me something that really stuck in my mind it's like you know if the girl at some point will ask the guy to fuck <laughs> there would be a good probability for it to happen so like 
in general i think you know like relationship is possible but i do believe in general that like there, there is like this question that's being asked and being talked about there's risk because like often from one side okay it's not always the men okay but often you know it happens that there is like some deep like international thoughts in case you know it happens like <laughs> you know like i'm free you want to do it you know yeah the the we were talking about this with my brother in the episode that we did with him which is like men proposition women like 90 of the time the 10 that women proposition men it's men who aren't single it's men who are in a relationship i want to talk about get divorced there's nothing more handsome than a boy That handsome boy with a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's a, uh, uh, like, it's a, uh, my, my brother said it perfectly. That's a fucking fact. Like, <laughs> it's true. There is this sense of like, you become more attractive to women when there's another woman that has approved of you. Okay? And then, <laughs> I, I can simple. I've done this before and I've had this discussion with my girlfriend before. And one of the things that I understand, even though I don't necessarily agree because it's like, wait is she trusts me perfectly. She doesn't trust that bitch. No, exactly. She said <laughs> you know, exactly the same you know, thing. She doesn't trust that bitch. It's totally fine. But my my position has been, has been the following. Look, I have a lot of friends who are girls for probably for different reasons, reasons than you, but like I had a very good relationship with women growing up and I didn't have the best relationship with men growing up. I was bullied in high school, had a couple of close friends who were guys and that was it. I didn't need any more guy friends. Okay. And I had a lot of friends who were girls. I was the kind of guy in high school that you could come up to and say really bad stuff that happened to you and I wouldn't say anything. And you know, I was that kind of guy in high school. So I ended up having a lot of friends who were girls. And uh, when you're in a relationship, and I was in a relationship a lot of the time when I was growing up, uh, I've always been the, the having a girlfriend type of guy when I was growing up. Like I was always practicing for the right relationship, you know, this one. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, at some point, it would, it would always happen that somebody would like find me attractive. Most of the time, I wouldn't realize they were even trying something with me. I would think they were just being friendly. Okay. And I would be like living my life. And then if anything ever did happen that was weird, it was like, Um, I have a girlfriend. Don't re I'm not really interested. But um, I think that my policy so far has been you're innocent under proven guilty, okay? If my girlfriend tells me, look, I don't like this girl, uh, she's giving me really bad vibes, I say, look, she's my friend, and as long as she follows the boundaries of my, of my relationship with you, as long as she respects the boundaries of my relationship with you, and she doesn't come out and say, I like you, I can respect that. If she sleeps up for a second, okay, but what's because I agree with you on that point. But what's sleeping up like? Uh, I had a, a case with a, a friend of mine who we went, uh, we saw each other, and it was everything was fine. I'm a girlfriend, like, like, I don't like that girl, and I was like, okay, I will listen to you. I will be very much more aware to see if there's something weird going on. Okay, and then there's two ways that this can happen. She can literally confront you and tell you, and that could happen. It hasn't happened to me. It could be like, I love you, and I need to be with you, and you're like, ha, 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 bye. But uh, most times, it's more subtle than that. And most times, it's going to be try to be a power game. So there's a lot of girls, whether you believe it or not, that try to artificially get closer to you and show your girlfriend that they're closer to you so that they make her jealous and create tension in the relationship. So... Uh, I was in a party with my girlfriend and this girl, friend of mine, she was visiting, you know, went to say hi to her and five minutes later she was trying to like perrear, you know, 
Mm. Come on, dance on him. Okay, okay. Like, dance on me while so with red on. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, I saw it about to happen, okay. and my brother was next to me, and I did like to my brother, and he was like, he, my brother and I, really good connection. So, okay. like, I saw my brother, and he was like, oh, I got it. And he got in the middle of it, and I literally grabbed my girlfriend, went out of the club, and I said, never talking to her again. Never have. Okay, fair enough. Okay, that's a very clear, like, yeah. Okay, okay. There's intention right there. My girlfriend's right in front of you. You know what you're doing. I'm not going to stand for that. That's it. That's my limit. As long as you negotiate a limit. Okay. The, the limit that you're comfortable with. Exactly. Fine. That's what I, I want to, like, <laughs> comment on, the limit. Because I have a very different, like, approach. Like, just in general, I'm a very uh, tactile person. Yeah, okay. You know? It's like... I have my feminine side and I'm very proud of it. And that's why I think I've, you know, had like so many gir- like friends, girl, girlfriends, friends who are girls. I don't know what to yeah. say. <laughs> friends who are girls. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and I've always been, you know, it's like, um, like there when they had a problem, you know, it's like, and I'm someone that's very emotional. So like, I love having hugs, you know, like little like canitos and everything. How do you say in <laughs> Spanish? Caninitos. Okay. You know? And so, you say it very well. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, when, like, Erin is my first, like, girlfriend. I had some very, like, encounters in my life, but she's my first real, like, OG Serious, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, you know? And, like, of course, she wasn't very happy with, like, you know, the way I behave with women. But she knew also, like, what she was getting into. But we had, like, a lot of talks on it. And, like, you know, I told her, like, you know... You, you can meet them if you want and like you can make your own opinion and I think when she came to Belgium and she met my like girlfriends you know it's like there like she realized okay like you mm-hmm. we're just friends you know it's like I love giving hugs you know it's like of course like there's a limit of hugging you know it's like you cannot like go beyond something but it's like for, like I agree that like I would not accept like Ariana to tell me like which girl I need to like fuck like you know be careful on or like no you know ex- except if i see something that i believe is wrong i will listen and understand but then like you know i would not do the same for her for example like you know this comes also with the, like jealousy you know it's like i'm not a jealous person mm-hmm. and she knows it you know she's depends on the <laughs> times you know but it's like you need to make it healthy you know it's like i trust her to do whatever she wants and of course, I don't trust the, the guys that surround her, like, you know, yeah. all the guys. But I know that, you know, she will never do anything. And like, you know, so I put it like that, you know, well, and I think it's the same for her, you know. It's like, the, well, the thing is, I think we've never had a situation like yours, perhaps first. Come on. One thing that it's really like, well, it's like if I see something, even if it's the smallest thing, I'm going to go like, <laughs> it's like and he's never had a problem with me saying that perhaps in the beginning but now it's more like i just say it you know because i also know him you know and i trust him so it's just like this is what i see what do you think and he can agree or disagree it's fine but uh, i also i trust him a lot you know so it's like i don't think we've had any extreme situations perhaps like yours where it has been like you know Mm. no i like not same as yours but like look like just Explain how you felt at the beginning. At the, what? You see what I mean? See, see. At the beginning, it was more like, first, I thought all the girls were on top of him. You're like, okay, are you not seeing this? <laughs> it's there. This is not normal what, what for me. What do I need to explain? <laughs> and I was like, 
make genre I cannot be crazy about that he was like but they're my friend you know and like I'm not gonna change the way I act towards them like okay it's fine but this is how I feel you know and I feel like he also kind of understood it with time also things change with time but yeah I, I do think I'm, I'm a bit jealous with that it's like if I see something I'm gonna say it right. people I saw that <laughs> th- that's good and I always say like I think you know it's like for me I, there's a difference with like pure jealousy that's unhealthy and like cute jealousy you know it's like the way she she like tells me things for me it's cute you know it's like it's protective and i understand and i think that's also like something that changed a lot in a relationship is the fact that at some point after <laughs> a, a, you know a few months i understood that my way of like treating others especially girls could be very like <laughs> and like therefore you know it's like i didn't ch- change but i adapted you know and i became extremely open on like all my relationship i had you know with girls like my friends you know like so that she knew everyone exactly you know and like if i could present them to one another and she became friends with like mm-hmm. most of them you know and like at the same time you know it's like okay i managed to understand You know, there are some things, you know, that you do and some you don't. Because yeah. I used to, like, I used to have this problem even with, like, with some friend in high school that, like, you know, they, they thought I was, like, trying to get their girlfriend, but I was just, you know, like, very good friends with them. <laughs> yeah. And so they were super jealous on me. And I was like, but I'm just, you know, they were just friends, you know. And I had a lot of problem with that, even with, like, my own friends where I had to explain, like, look, I have no interest, you know, it's like, I'm just very good friend. That's how I behave. And like, I'm also tacked up with guys, you know, it's like, I just, I, you know, I need hugs. I need like laugh, you know, that's totally, that's totally fine. You I mean, see? boundaries are something that you put. I remember when we did the episode with Eduardo and he said like, uh, how much sex is too much sex? And it's like the amount that you feel comfortable with is too much or too little. And that's the same thing. If you feel comfortable with the amount of touch that you're having with the other person, the only thing that you have to take into consideration is how comfortable you are with making your partner uncomfortable. Okay? So you have adapted to a point where she has to move, you have to move Mm -hmm. a little, and then you have a compromise. I feel like that's totally fine. I have... I have a lot less friends who are girls now than I did before. Okay. And I think that uh, I've always been, uh, uh, when I was younger, I was more a quality, uh, quantity over quality. Okay. And I think that I'm having, I have this problem where I'm, I'm very good at creating connection very quickly with people. And I'm very good problem. at reading. It's not a big problem. <laughs> it's know? a problem. It's a problem because I feel like I know people very, very well. And I, to a certain extent, I do know a part of their character very well but i don't know them very well sometimes there was okay. there was of course exceptions but then i had like this r- roster of like a lot of friends and then i only really knew a couple of them and i thought that i knew them very well and the, the ugly things that they thought that i knew them super well too and t- again to an extent i did it's not like i faked anything but i was creating like forcing the connection to be as strong as possible from the beginning and i've kind of started to like the the idea of like marinating the relationship like letting it just go on its own get us like uh my girlfriend's best friend here we i have never sat down to have like a long conversation with her but every time that i see her i get this good feeling that we have a better friendship mm-hmm. and okay. i feel like that's something that i that didn't used to happen because i would just like start talking to you get a r- giant boost and then Like I could get another giant boost like a year later, and <laughs> that was it. And 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 for me, 
since I've been with my girlfriend and I've adapted the way that I talk to people, I have way less friendships than I had before in a sense, but my friendships are much stronger than they were before. And I feel like that's, that's the goal. Your partner also refines you. There's probably stuff that could have gone wrong in your life if you hadn't changed this about yourself now you know of course, of maybe course. you're 45 50 and your friends are all married and all the husbands want to kill you you know that's probably not a good idea either you know um and uh, i was going to ask you because we were talking about your internship yes where you're doing an internship uh, with greenpeace if i'm not mistaken exactly so i mean basically i've always been uh, interested into environmental aid and i've always tried to be aware of what's happening because I don't know I've always been like you know a really nature guy like my friends were playing like like PlayStation and everything and I was like going to play around the field I guess that's how it started and I, I got very like you know influenced by like what's happening you know and so I started to get more interested and uh, last year I done um, an internship on um, people with uh, non-housing uh, difficulties, you know, yeah. in Belgium. And it was very interesting, but I would really like to focus on like more environmental aid. So when I saw that I had the opportunity of having like an uh, externship with Greenpeace, I was very excited. And basically, uh, the main idea of that externship is, if you don't know what's an externship, is remote internship. Okay. You know, so first of all, I think that's very important for the future as we're going to have more and more remote jobs. Yeah. So it's very good to learn like a different method, method of work. And second of all, being able to work for Greenpeace is like a dream for me. You know, yeah, it's, it's like a golden opportunity. Exactly. It's like, it's the holy grail for me. You know, it's like, I want to work into the environmental like field, like having work with them will bring me a lot, you know? And right now the, major goal of the um, externship because I've just started so I cannot say I've you know, <laughs> done so much but it's basically understanding Gen Z's um, idea of like the environment and what's happening and understanding how much they are doing and how we can influence this generation which is going to become you know the generation which will have influence on the policies of tomorrow to get them into, you know, being more aware, more into in, in interaction, you know, with like climate change and everything that's happening. And it's going to be a lot of research on that. And so I'm very excited, as you can. Yeah, hear. yeah. Awesome. I find it amazing. The environmental boy. He was yeah. a veggie boy before. Really? Yeah. Eat meat. Or yeah, chicken. The I, when we started dating, so I had tofu forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never eaten tofu before, and one day he's like, "Cook your what?" <laughs> like coming to Venezuela and eating so much meat, she was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, it's like, it's like how do you leave from that? It's like do you only eat carbs and veggies. What what do you do? My my girlfriend's uh, an ovo pescatarian, so okay. she she drinks eggs um, and fish. Okay. And we've slowly been converting her into eating other stuff. She so now she eats cheese player, but it was his own decision. And ham and like <laughs> and she's like oh, I might start eating chicken again. <laughs> I'm like, yes, we're winning the war. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Well, I have I have a good point to make on that because it's always very important for me to express that is that you know you don't need to stop eating meat. You know, mm -hmm. that's not the principle of it. You know, of course, people become like vegetarian, they stop eating meat. 
that's amazing for the planet. But that's not what we need. You know, it's like there's a study that shows that if every human being stopped eating half of the meat consumption they originally eat a day, it will solve a lot of problems, you know. Yeah. And that's how I started, you know, it's, it's like getting aware of what was happening. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I think I'm going to eat less meat, but without forcing myself, you know, in my family, we haven't been big carnivorous people, you know, we never ate like a huge amount of meat. And so slowly starting becoming less and less, like once a week, once every two weeks, once a month. And at some point before, so before my gap year, I became vegetarian for like five months. And since I arrived in South America. Because you uh, went for a year to South America. Yeah, I mm. went for a year in South America. And I had to stop in South America. <laughs> yeah, I lasted like a month without eating meat. And the problem is that there was, it was very hard at least for me to find meals that are fulfilling without meat in, I was in Peru at that time in Cusco. Oh no, no you're not, Peru, Peru is. <laughs> So <laughs> I had a very difficult time. So I had to uh, stop, of course, like eat meat. It wasn't like the worst thing that ever happened to me, but like I was quite determined. And then when I came back from my gap year, I decided that I will restart beca- becoming vegetarian, even though it was not going to be my whole life. But I wanted to have this experience at least because I was eating so like l- less meat than before, like, you know, might as well try it, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. for the experience. And I did that for a year and it was amazing. I just remember going to like a Mexican place with her parents when I was very <laughs> That was the most funny but, thing ever. <laughs> and like, I just like, they all ordered like, you know, tacos with meat and everything. And they're like, what do you want? And I'm like, can I have the, the tacos with the lettuce wrap, please? No meat. No, no, yeah. eran unos tacos de lechuga, una cosa así, tipo, eran solo vegetales. Y mis papás dije, ah. What? They were like, are you sure it's fine with you? Like, are you sure you're gonna have it? No, I was like, yeah, it's okay. You know? And so. then he ate everything except for those. <laughs> Pero bueno, and, and how's the cultural clash going for us? Good question. Honestly, I, I think it's going well. Sí. You know, it's like, I, I've. You know, after my gap year, I was very in love with the whole South American culture, which is super vague. So, you know, it's like, but I really like it. You know, the, like everything I did was very pleasant and every culture that was shown to me, I had a really like good time, mm-hmm. like learning about it. And I think, you know, it's like the fact that you came from South America maybe helped a bit, you know, the fact the culture clash, mm-hmm. even though it was still mm-hmm. like very big, I think into like food routine wise mm-hmm. and everything but also the fact that we have been always educated into like an international, international environment yeah. exactly has made it way easier but it's true that living with someone and sharing like your daily life and having completely different <laughs> like you know routines is it's an experience. You know, it's like, yeah. it takes a bit of time to have like, you know? yeah. yeah. It's so, like, for example, there's this small thing. It's like, you know, back home, we used to buy in books. So uh, it's like, yeah. I, I have two big freezers in my house. And because my mom used to buy for the month, on fact. Tipo, yeah. we had 12 in a pan, 12 cartones de leche, huevo para todo el mes. And he buys one, one or half. So, and he's like, I'll buy the next one when this one's over. You know, bro, I don't want to wake up in the morning and not, not have, have milk, milk for my coffee. 
it's crazy <laughs> yeah, for me it's like i just opened the door of the kitchen and if it, it was not in the fridge it was gonna be like in the counter it's not like i had to go to the supermarket and get it so it's like for me it's like i need to have milk in the morning so i go in and buy it beforehand yeah. and he's like you don't have to buy two you just have to buy one it's like no because when this is over <laughs> i would have i there <laughs> i would have uh, my mom would buy like yearly a box of toothpaste Dude. yearly like a, a box full of little toothpaste and you could buy one one year and then not buy toothpaste for two years sí, sí. But wow. we, we sort of like work like that you stock up because yeah. i think we just yeah. prepared for it the but worst you also explained that sí. in venezuela during the last decade you know, there was like shortages what? exactly so you it was also a, mm-hmm. a n- more like need then you know like one sort See, of situation it's true but at the same time uh have you ever seen a, the big bang theory no well in the big bang theory there's an episode where sheldon is trying to get uh, uh penny to buy all the tampons she's ever gonna use <laughs> because inflation will make them more expensive in the future and if you buy them now ah, bueno, eso es verdad. if you buy toothpaste for the next two years you're gonna be saving money Because the toothpaste will get more expensive with time. And so at some point, buying the toothpaste that you would have bought two years ago would cost you like twice as more. So, good argument. Good yeah. argument. It's like also, I hadn't thought about it, but of course it makes sense. It's like we have in such Venezuela, a high inflation that the next week the milk yeah. was going to be double as it was the week before. So you had, to, you had to buy it as, as fast as possible. But yeah. I was going to ask you a prissy question. Like, I, I was just going to mess with you. So, uh, <laughs> I imagine you believe in climate change. Uh, yes. Okay, so there's this theory that supports the idea that the world has been getting hotter and colder in extremes for a very long time. And that, yes, we are contributing to climate change because it's impossible to deny that we aren't contributing. Of course we are. But that the reason why the climate's getting hotter isn't just the climate change, and it's actually not the majority of the problem, but the hot and cold cycle of the Earth that is like thousands and thousands of years old. So... What would your opinion be if climate change isn't the main reason? Well, can you repeat your question? So, just like, to make would sure. you agree that that if you fa- if you saw the evidence, how would your life change now? And saying like, okay, so climate change isn't the main thing. We are, it's not just us fucking the world. Maybe it's just the world going through its natural cycle. The thing is, in 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 some ways, it's true. Like the world is actually going to like cycles, so that there's not like nothing to prove wrong. It's only that it has been accelerated by human, uh, you know, defects. You know, it's like the world is not supposed to go that fast into like temperature changes, you know. And there was also this mistake that was done by scientists a few years ago, calling like climate change réchauffement um, climatique, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, warming, global warming, global warming. You know? <laughs> and that's why we don't call it global warming anymore. Yeah, because global warming isn't accurate exactly so i don't like of course if i see the evidence in a if situation uh, i will just try to in like put my knowledge into that new evidence yeah but like human like do you know like advance climate change and we are a reason you know for why everything is happening so fast you know and all the catastrophes that's happening Of course, it's not the only reason. Is yeah. as you mentioned before, you know, there's 50 reasons. That's one of them. But yeah. it's what we we can change as people, and it's also the main like. Uh, it's the main thing we can you know do 
as human to yeah it's the least we can better. do exactly <laughs> you see what i mean it's the least we can do about the for the world you know make it make it less contaminated and and, and like that uh beautiful w- diplomatic response right but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is uh, i think we can end with a couple uh, no, more i have here. i have one last people okay, wrapping okay, up okay, okay so i have i have a question that isn't wrap up okay? <laughs> okay. It, it, it's open up okay um so what uh, there's something sinister about the climate change movement so there's people who genuinely believe that humans are trash because we're doing bad things to the world and have suggested, like, I'm not saying you are, I'm saying there's people that have suggested that uh, we should not reproduce because reproducing and creating more children is just like contaminating the world more and making more of us is irresponsible. I, f- I feel personally that that's like genocidal level theories. Like that that's, that shouldn't even okay. be stated. And there's a couple of like highly regarded Harvard professors who said stuff like this. And it's like, really? <laughs> My question is, um, what do you feel we should do as a population, like as world, like, or as people, like I want to have kids. Like what do we do in a world that climate change says is going to be fucked up pretty quickly? Uh, Okay, so I've discussed honestly this question a few times with like uh, like some a few people, and I think nowadays more and more young adults don't want to have kids. That's something I've seen over like the course of my ex- own experience, at least. But I don't believe that like you should not have kids for what's going to happen in the future. You know, yeah. it's like that's something I personally disagree completely with. Like. I can understand you may have this idea of like, you don't want to raise children into the society we have today. But as you know, we saw we are in the best times of humanity right now, you know? And in 20 years, we're probably going to be in the best times of humanity then. Yeah. So like, I don't believe it's like a good argument to combat climate change, to stop making children, you know? I want children. I want to educate like, my children and to make them aware, you know? So like, I don't think that's the solution into resolving this problem. I, I agree with you totally. You know, quite clear, <laughs> I think. 100% agree with you. Beautiful. Okay, well, my question is basically, you know, you always say, according to your motto is like, the one thing you're scared of is regretting something, right? Come on, okay. be- being regretful of something that you did not do, right? So how's that going so far? People, how do you feel about your life at the moment? I'm good. I'm good. You, you, you know me, but like, I already. Oh, sorry. I always try to see positive side in everything, mm-hmm. even though I appear different see. and I can be super negative. Like at the end of the day, I'm happy. I'm very lucky. I've you know I've always been like well treated, educated, taken care of. Like I have the biggest luck ever. You know that's how I see my life every day. And that's why we already t- talked about it. It's like having regrets is not going to help your future self, you yeah. know? And like, and not having regret does not mean that you've done only good things. But I do believe that having regrets is like, is stopping you from evolving. And that only for me, the word regret, I don't like, you know, it mm-hmm. has negative connotation because When you have a regret, it means you cannot change it. When you've done a mistake, you can always do better in the future. Mm. So, of course, it's, for me, it's how you see, you know, like the glass, you know, half full, half empty. But it's like, have, I don't think having regrets will help anyone in their life because it's already done and we cannot do anything about it. 
And I hear a lot of people often saying like, yeah, I regret that I did this or this. And I, I just, I'm trying to make them understand that you can regret it for a day, but after you have to like, you know, regretting it is not going to make it feel like make you feel better or make the situation better mm -hmm. so might as well think it's a mistake and every time you fall you get back up then you have one fall and then you focus on that for your entire life you know yeah mm -hmm. and, yeah. They, and, and, and your, your mistakes make you exactly that's why they're not they shouldn't be regrets they're the things that build you into the person that you are exactly and like I have you know like things that are not the most proud of but i'm proud of like how i managed today to you know make them change you know and like for me that is the most important like being able to tell yourself now okay i'm happy with the values i have and how i perceive everything and you know i want to be happy with my life now and before you know i don't want to tell myself like oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. Like, it's done, it's done. Might as well say, okay, I shouldn't have done it. It's done. Next time, I don't do it, you know, or I do it differently, you know. And for me, I've always, you know, like been very persistent with that point of like, try to learn from your mistake. And I'm the first one to tell you how many mistakes I've done, you know, and like, and that is why, you know, you should just, get up always get mm -hmm. up get up get up and fall and get up you know it's like a cycle yeah you know you know why right because no one gets away with anything thank you so much thank you for coming on the podcast yeah tengo una última pregunta oh shit sorry <laughs> go ahead <laughs> Chibi, tell us your favorite word in spanish <laughs> can i say <laughs> it yeah you can say it <laughs> mama huevo <laughs> on that note we're on Spotify Apple Podcasts YouTube and wherever else you get your podcast from we'll see you again next week we hope you enjoyed today I enjoyed today sí. it was and lovely thank Gracias you very much thank you venir. thank you so much <laughs> I love this bye thank you